Usually, three people can keep a secret, only when two of them are dead. And here we go. It's the comic, 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 comic book book. Man, you come right out of a comic book. Nerds and New Bullying. I'm your host, Leroy, a.k.a. Cyber Monday, uh, with my co-host. This is Eli Walnuts. Okay, I'm pretty sure there's something sexual in that, too. We're not going to go there. We don't want to get flagged. That's, uh, that's just your mind. That's you just <laughs> oh, I go. see what I want to see. Okay. <laughs> okay, Rorschach. All right, let's keep going. I, I know. It's about me busting balls. You know, okay, see, so I definitely want to think about Walnuts, <laughs> balls, ball busters, you know what I'm saying? Breaking chops. Okay, That's I right. kind of see it has a double entendre to it. Okay. And see, I'm thinking, thinking about walnuts. I'm thinking about like pie and shit, you know. What was we talking about? Oh, yeah, we got a show to do. Yeah, welcome yeah. to the comic book bullies. <laughs> we are back, and we got a brand new episode. We got a whole bunch of crazy shit we want to talk about. First thing, even though this is a comic book episode, we're actually going to talk about real cinema. Ooh. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. For, for the first time ever. <laughs> Not that bullshit. Does it count? Does it count? Because it wasn't in the movie. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The point is, it's real cinema. It's not a theme park ride. I can't ride it. I can't go to the music yeah. park. Yeah. I can only experience it. Damn, if Endgame was only allowed to watch on my phone. If only. If only it was on some kind of a subscription service that was owned by Disney that's access on every single... Hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about? Hey, can we just jump right into it? I know we use it because with the bullshit banter of me doing some crazy shit in my life. Let's just jump into it because we got a lot of stuff packed. Yeah. So let's do it. Nobody died, know. right? Nobody died? Not yet. Let's let's go through this shit before somebody dies. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's start off with the box office numbers. And Eli, give it to me. What is the number one movie of the week? Probably Frozen. It was Frozen. Frozen yeah. 2. Frozen and even two. in its second week, also, it uh, still did $85 million. Oh, there you go. It's, who's watching this shit? kids and their parents and it was, it was thanksgiving weekend man you know what's funny about it uh like two weeks ago my mom wanted to take my nephew to go see frozen because he said something i want to see frozen but then the day of when i go down there you want to see frozen no <laughs> i don't want to see that like, <laughs> okay uh number two oh Eli, i'm gonna give you two guests we don't only do one but i'm gonna give you two this time what was the number two movie joker <laughs> no that's uh <laughs> hell is it even still on there it's still on there, but that's not it. <laughs> oh. uh, the number two movie was Knives Out. Oh, no shit. It made that much money? It made that much money. I mean, they had, like, everybody in this movie. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and honestly, I kind of wanted to see it, but I was just like, nah. <laughs> but uh, since you saw it, go ahead and give me a review of it. What you think about it? I liked it. It was uh, a murder mystery, kind of like uh, Agatha Christie, Clue, yeah, uh, Who Done It. You know, uh, this family trying to figure out who killed the patriarch, um, uh, Daniel C- Craig, you know, James Bond. He plays like this quirky, like detective kind of like, yeah, kind of not bumbling, not like an inspector Clouseau, like Pink Panther. But he he's he's kind of comical. 
He has he, he talks like uh, with a real southern accent. They keep calling him like what's his name, the KFC guy, Colonel Sanders. Dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> English guy um, doing a sudden accent. That sounds scary, but okay. Yeah. Um and it, it was good. It, it was good. I I enjoyed it. It was it was funny. It was actually pretty funny. I was laughing a lot. Um but yeah, I liked it. It was cool. Oh, and I heard it was uh made by Ryan Johnson, who I Ryan thought we Johnson? ran I thought we ran him out of Hollywood. Yeah, but here he is back to say yeah, these nuts motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably it's like this is like a very low key kind of movie after you know, doing Star Wars and you know, the big, huge, you know, big budget effects extravaganza, then, okay, I'm going to do a movie, just a bunch of people talking. And this is yeah. <laughs> because if, if people only know him from Star Wars, they would get triggered by him. He actually is a, like, really good director. You know, he did Looper. Yeah. Looper, and uh, he did something else. There's some other shit, too. Brick, then, you know. yeah, he did Brick, and... Yeah. Yeah, before he did Star Wars. Yeah, so he's, yeah. believe it or not, he's actually talented, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, they had him Star Wars for a reason, I guess. Yeah. They like how he make movies? Yeah, they, they hired an actual filmmaker. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Won't happen again. <laughs> right, not anymore. <laughs> you got a unique voice. You don't get the job. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we want this yes-man asshole who's going to fucking kiss our asses. <laughs> right, right. Spike Lee for Star Wars? Get the fuck out of here. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it does sound amazing, I kind of want to see that. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> okay. okay, so the third movie we have is Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, okay. I still want to see that. I haven't seen that movie yet. Uh, number four, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. The Tom Hanks oh, yeah. Oscar thing. You know, yeah. you know they're going to be nominated for Oscar. We, we know that. Yeah. Uh, number five, Queen and Slim. Good hanging in there. Sounds good, man, but is, like I said. Is that that movie where they shoot a cop or something? Black, Blondie, and Clyde. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I everybody's scared that. to say that, but that's basically what it is. It's not that; it's so much more. No, it's black, black, and kind. That's, that's what it is. It's, it's black natural born killers, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we've seen the movie before, but whatever. Uh, it, it seemed to be getting good praise for it. People are liking it, so I, don't know, I might check it out. Uh, that being said, we got number six. We had twenty one bridges still slipping down there. Mm-hmm. I think we might have to call this one. You laughed. We might have to call it. It's what is it? Number six. Number six. Yeah. Second week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, might have to call this. It's a flop. Sorry, mm-hmm. Russo's. He, he's got Black Panther too, so he'll be fine. Uh, number seven, Playing with Fire. Have no idea what the fuck that is. That's the John Cena firefighter movie. You told me that three weeks ago. With, with the kids, yeah. I know. You, matter of fact, you told me for the last four weeks that I keep getting this shit. It's going <laughs> to stick this time. Uh, number eight, Midway. The Yeah, the World War II movie. That's cool. Number nine, Joker still hanging in there. And crazy. Already broke the record for the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. Period. Not comic book related, just R-rated. Period. Still climbing. And number 10, Last Christmas, which I think is that Game of Thrones chick movie. Okay. I keep wanting want to think it's a Kirk Cameron movie, but I guess not. It's the type of movies he would make, but I guess he scheduling conflict or whatever the fuck they call it. Last Christmas. Right. Yeah. I don't know. We're, we're waiting on Black Christmas because that's the horror movie coming out. Now, his thing, that movie's going to be rated PG-13. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to suck. Though. I'm like, what? A, a PG-13 horror movie? Then you've already killed yourself right then. So, yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about some other shit. Uh, we're just going to touch some brief stuff real quick. Eli, I know I sent you that Instagram pic of uh, Zoe Kravitz the other night. And no, yeah. it was not because it's the end At of like no- 3 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I remember. 
I didn't realize it was that late at night. So no, it was not. I was not reaching the spank bank of no nut November, getting ready to celebrate. <laughs> Let's wait for the clock to hit twelve, three, two. Got the day off tomorrow, right? <laughs> no, it wasn't that. All the reason I showed you the pic because she posted the pic on Instagram. I looked at it and she has she has the pixie cut. She yeah. has the pixie cut like Selena Cow. And I'm like, so now when I see the pixie cut and I see her facial bone structure, I see it. I see Catwoman. That's all I was looking for. I mean, just you know, become the role. That's all. So mm-hmm. she didn't say she was doing it for the movie. She just said, "Hey, I cut my hair," and that's it. So I thought, "Hey, why not?" Got excited. Uh, let's talk about your boy John Boyega. Okay. Now, your boy John Boyega got in some trouble uh, because about a couple weeks ago, apparently the star, the script to Star Wars: The Rise of the Skywalker was on eBay being sold sixty five dollars, and nobody <laughs> knows how it got there. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't know what they had, so they're like sixty five dollars. Why not? You know. <laughs> uh, so they asked who did it. JJ Abrams didn't know who did it. Uh, Daisy really didn't know who did it. They asked John Boyega. He was like, "Oh, my bad, I did it. Uh, I was partying. We had some girls come over one time. I got distracted. We moved away from the apartment, and some guy just found it and sold it on eBay. Well, about to sell on eBay, but if he said Disney bought eBay or some shit. <laughs> <It's just terrible>. <laughs> <laughs> they can do that, you know. Uh so anyway they got the script back. But yeah, that says it's kind of fuck up. But honestly, I wouldn't even if the script some was some dead would... hookers fucking popped up in a dumpster somewhere. Right. <laughs> They'll find a way. <laughs> but honestly, stuff like that, I don't even want to know the movie. Like you're spoiling it for yourself. You know? I don't know why there's so many assholes out there because you know if somebody got their hands on it, they would if somebody was out there that had the spoiler of or the script of every single plot on Rise of Skywalker, whatever this name is, movie they would post it online. Every yeah. single detail and would not give a fuck. Just like the no. Han Solo shit when he died in uh, Episode Seven, uh, Force Awakens. Or Gomer with Endgame when he was like does not give a fuck. Just just saying. Maybe I will get just, fired or some shit. Like right. Like I know you don't give a fuck. Like let me down. <laughs> yeah, but people were leaking that Han Solo dying shit. Like the movie didn't come out till Friday, right? They were leaking that shit on Monday. Like we don't mm. even have time to see the movie. You like you just see the spoiler. Han Solo dies. That's it. <laughs> like what the fuck, yeah. man? What other movie was that? Oh. In, like in game, like you're saying, Gomer did it, but there's a whole bunch of other assholes. I'm not calling Gomer an asshole. I'm just saying other assholes <laughs> that was out there spoiling it. Also, just like Tony Stark dies, Captain America gets old, the end. And you know, it's just like I don't give a fuck. They didn't even see the movie. They just saw somebody else and just spoiled it for other people. Yeah. So, like the day of, I'm like, this is this thing. So, um, yeah, what are we talking about? Good movie, bad movie. I can't remember. John Boyega. Oh yeah, uh, TBD, TBD. We'll find out whether <laughs> it's a good movie, bad movie. Uh, saw the quick news right there. Now we're gonna get into some reviews. Don't worry, we're gonna get to the big shit. We're gonna get to the real cinema in a second. But I just wanna knock out some other shit that I saw real quick. Now, uh, since I'm the only person that still has the DC Universe app apparently on on the planet, because everybody else has moved over to D, uh, Disney Plus, waiting for HBO Max. I still Netflix. got it. I still got my shit. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay, we're the. Last two roaming the earth with DC Universe. We are solely keeping the comic book bullies are solely financing DC Universe. So that's how that works. But anyway, what I saw on there was actually two shows, not one show, but two shows that came on Friday. And one show was, and the show we haven't talked about on the show probably any time in the last six or seven months, but Teen Titans. Well, not Teen Titans, Titans. Titans premiered and it 
episode last episode came on. I think it was episode ten, maybe. I lost track of how many episodes it was. Complete season. Season two is done. That's it. So it's not done because they've actually been renewed already for season three. No so, shit. Yeah, so it's good. So the last episode of season two, what happened was Dick Grayson finally becomes Nightwing. And some other shit happens too, but that's basically the the hook of the whole point. And now what I think about this whole episode was pretty much how I feel about the entire season of Titans. It was all over the fucking place. Because they and plot had actually nothing to do with Nightwing or Deathstroke. Like Deathstroke has been fucking with the Titans for the entire season. And they pretty much take care of him in like the first 10 minutes. And then the other episode is about something else completely different. Like Cadmus, Superboy, and Starfire sister come back from space. And there's so much shit just flying around. Oh, and Wonder Girl dies. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. man, rest in peace to Wonder Girl's ass in that leather suit. I know I'm getting distracted, but that, that shit made me cry, man. When she turned around <laughs> and you could just see her just walking in the, in the seat. I'm like, no, not Wonder Girl. <laughs> anyway, what's I talking about? Yeah, so she's dead. Uh, they got a whole bunch of other Titan members there. Uh, they setting the seeds for episode, I mean, for season three. But like I said, season two was just jumping around so much. It had so many plots they were trying to juggle. Uh, they kind of Oh, like adapted what was the story? The Judas contract. They kind of adapted it a little bit, but they tweaked it and did their own thing to it. That's cool. But they also uh had like the Superboy story where he's half Superman, half Lex Luthor. Oh, and Mercy Graves was actually the big bad of season two, not not Deathstroke. They build it up to be Deathstroke, but it's really Mercy Graves. You know. Oh, uh, what other plot I had? Like I said, the other plot line, Blackfire, Star's Fire's sister, was trying to take over the universe and shit like that, but they, they've been fucking with her the whole time. Uh, Raven's powers getting crazy. So it was all kind of just crazy shit. Jason Todd is there. He didn't die. Everybody wanted him to be dead, but somehow he lived. I don't know how. But And he just rides off and he quits being Batman. He quits being Robin, basically. He just rides off on a motorbike and that's it at the end. Oh, I do want to say one thing about season two is that they pretty much had the worst live action Bruce Wayne ever of all time. He was terrible. Oh yeah. He was one of those Game of Thrones guys. Like I said, I don't watch the show so I don't know. And so which is funny. <laughs> I don't because, watch I don't watch Teen Titans, so I don't know. So we're in the same boat, right? <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because in season one, Raven was actually watching Game of Thrones. Oh really? <laughs> so it's like this weird fourth wall breakage, whatever. It don't matter. Anyway, um eh. I'm, I'm, I don't know how to feel about season two overall because there was some awesome shit in this season. There's also some bad shit in the season because it felt like they're trying to course correct some of the shaky shit that was in season one, but they tried to add new elements and it kind of clashed from time to time. Like every good episode, then there was a bad episode or there was some bad episode, uh, moments in a good episode and you're just like, eh, I don't know, like Superboy, why the fuck was he even there? You know, he's, he was just there but didn't really seem to serve a purpose. Uh, his plot lines came like towards the end. I'm just like, I don't know. So overall, I'm going to give, I, honestly, I think season two of Titans was worse than season one of Titans. That's just me. Even though there was some awesome shit in there from time to time. I'm hoping season three, they, but I'm still excited for season three. Because I'm hoping in season three, they can tie all this back together and find out how to make this, make this like cohesive. Because season two was, ugh. It felt like it. Did, it really did feel like about three or four people were like writing and they're all pitching in and they didn't know how to make it all pitch, like to make it all fit and make sense. But they could have easily had it where Deathstroke was hired by Mercy Graves to kill the Titans, but they didn't do that. It was just some other wild shit. So I don't know. All I got. Well, that's a damn shame. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know I got you excited to keep your DC Universe happy, live, but oh, well. <laughs> so when you cancel, then I'm going to be financing DC Universe by myself. Half of the comic bullies will be financing DC Universe. Yeah, I'm um, just reading the books right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh shit! What you reading on now? I'm doing. I'm going through the the Green Lantern shit. Oh, and I, and I read. Uh, I read uh, White Knight last couple days. Yeah, that was on Comicsology. Okay. Which one? Uh, uh, like the first book or the, the second fir- book? The, fir- the first one. The first Batman White Knight. Because I didn't read it. I remember you talking about it, but yeah. I never read it. Was when I, it liked it. Up. I liked it, yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I liked it too. I, I, you know, the, it showed, the trade showed up on Comicsology. So I'm like, well, fuck it. I haven't read this, so right. I'll it's check it out. So why not? So spent yeah. a couple days reading that, and it was good. Okay. Oh, some other shit that I uh, watched also. Like I said, Titans was one thing. And I'm going to speed this up a little bit. The next thing I watched was Harley Quinn. She has a cartoon. Oh, is that on, on there now? That's on there, the DC Universe app of uh, Harley Quinn cartoon. You want to think about it? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's parts of it that's... It, it, okay, I watched it. It's supposed to be like a comedy thing, comedic things like that. I did get a few chuckles every now and then on it, but the first show to me actually was a little kind of rough. You know, one thing I did like about it, I must just spoil this for you. At the end, Riddler is actually like the bad, the big bad of this episode. And he's he captured both Batman and Harley Quinn. And he's giving Joker the choice of who do you want to live? He's like, shit, Batman. (laughs) Kill Harley. I don't give a fuck about her. (laughs) So it was some funny shit going in there. But the next episode, she's going to try to join the Legion of Doom or whatever like that. So um, it it interests me enough to keep keep it going. I heard I it's, like, it's, it's like R-rated, too. Oh, oh, yeah, like, like super R-rated. Like, her, Harley is cussing, cussing up a storm left and right. Joker's dead, like, blood, broken bones, all kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, like, super violent. Okay. Well, yeah. then I might check it out. Yeah, it's... it's like, I got it. I'm paying for it. I might as well. Yeah, if you're paying for it. Why not? <laughs> so, it caught my attention. So, I'm going to keep watching to see if it gets any better. So, we got that, 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 that. Ooh, do we want to talk about HBO for a second? Brief. want to? Briefly. Do we want to? Because holy Briefly. shit. Briefly. Holy shit. Yes. That's holy, all I got That's same what I was. Holy, I was like, holy what the shit. fuck? <laughs> yeah. Okay. My mind was blown. On yeah, the we're not, we're, actually, we're not going to talk about it. We are not going. We will yeah. come back and revisit this, but we're going to do a blowout. Yeah, that was quite the humdinger. Yeah. So, <laughs> and like I said, was, episode six was insane, but episode seven, that last ending, like, what uh, seven. the fuck? seven, yeah. Yeah. So just even probably, when they revealed, there was a couple of big reveals in this episode that I was like, "Whoa, word!" Right? Whoa, holy shit, that's fucked up! And then I was like, "Whoa, that's fucked up!" And then there's like the ending of the episode. I was like, "Holy shit, what the fuck?" <laughs> that was just like, okay. <laughs> but at the same time, they're following the books because the thing was, they say in the books that you know Vietnam, they pretty much worship Doctor Manhattan as a god. So when yeah. you see them in Vietnam, they're worshiping him as a god. Yeah, like he's a religious figure, and like it all makes sense. Oh, another thing, like you know how you said go back and read those excerpts in the in the back of the Watchmen books and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to do that now. And remember, I, you know, a lot of people talking about like uh like the last episode where Hooded Justice and Catherine Metropolis, you know, had their relationship, whatever, like that. Like, oh, they're pushing an agenda that wasn't in the book. No, that was in the book. Mm-hmm. It was there in plain sight. The whole thing was the uh Silk Spectre, like the original one. She was Hooded Justice Beard. Like she pretended to be his girlfriend to throw the scent off the the reporters because they ever find out that their leader and Hooded Justice had a thing going on in the fifties and the sixties, it would shut the team down. Yeah. So all of it all that was in the book. So 
Just don't say that it wasn't there because it is there. Just read my comments. That's all. <laughs> so we got that, 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 that. Oh, let's get into it. Get into it. Real cinema. Real cinema? Real cinema. Not this corny cartoon bullshit we've been talking about for the last three years. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 yeah. The thing we've been, yeah. <laughs> what keeps our light on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not the shit that people actually want to listen to. No, we're going to talk about real cinema. Now, what we've been talking about, now, for those who don't know the inside joke of what's going on, basically, Martin Scorsese has came on attack on Marvel movies. That when he say Marvel movies, he really talking about just blockbusters. Did he really movies. attack him? They just asked him, and he just said, hey, yeah, that. And then well, everyone, felt personally everyone that's just took me. it as an attack. I felt personally attacked, so that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but he came, they asked him about comic book movies, and he said he doesn't really watch them. It's not his thing. It's not into them. But he took it a step further and said they're not real cinema. These movies are not cinema. They're more like theme park rides. You know, that's basically what he yeah. was saying about that. Why he while he was saying all this, while he's promoting his new movie. Yeah. You know, that's actually not in the theaters. <laughs> that's not in the theaters. It had right. like a small theatrical like art house run. Right. Just to just to yeah. say because I think to be nominated for an Oscar or something like that, like you have to have some kind of theatrical run. Just to say they did it. Yeah. But it's really just a Netflix release. So yes, this cinematic movie that's supposed to be real cinema can only be watched. On your phone or Fire Stick, mm-hmm. can't go to the theater and watch it. So I'm thinking, like, shouldn't real cinema, like one of the things, should actually be in a, I don't know. And that's the thing. I, I I read an interview because like I am a Scorsese fan. I even wrote a paper on him in film class. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but he even said like he's saying he acknowledged this is before all this comic book fans, you know, got their panties in a bunch over what he said. He said this months ago, he's like, we're in like the great, one of the biggest cinematic revolutions since they invented sound. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it's like one of the biggest digital media, the digital platforms, Netflix and people watching movies on, you know, mobile devices is like the biggest cinematic revolution since they invented sound for movies. Mm -hmm. So he's like, he took this as a chance to do this. You know, and he there's shit he liked about it and there's shit he didn't like about it. What he did like about it is the fact that Netflix kind of gave him free reign and like you can make it as long as you want because now you don't have to deal with the studio. Oh, you got to cut this down. You got to cut that down. You got to make it shorter. Blah. He's like, no, fuck it. You can do whatever fuck you want. You can make it as long as you want. And if people want to watch the shit, they can watch it whenever the fuck they want, however they want, pause it, whatever. So he's like, all right, cool. So he basically made this is like the final fucking cut version of what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know. So that that was the advantage of Netflix, what he thought, you know. So he was embrace. He is embracing the future. You know? uh, my my only thing is that I I thought like everybody. I guess everybody has their own rules of what is real cinema and what isn't real cinema. Now he's saying their theme park like that, but my thing is that cinema is something that's supposed to be in the movie theater because yeah. cinema has to be shared. I feel like with other people, like I have to be in a crowd with other people experiencing the same movie and the same experience that they are. That I feel like that is a cinematic experience. Yeah. And that's where I didn't agree either. Cause I mean, my, one of my, the greatest movie going experiences this year was Endgame and hearing the, the, the crowd reaction and, you know, being in that theater with that group and that collective experience was a great, was one of the greatest moments of the movies I had this summer. Right. You know, so, I mean, yeah, I don't agree with some of the stuff he said, but I, I mean, but in the end, I'm like, he's an old guy. 
you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't, and that's I don't the thing, expect, like I, say, I, I don't expect him to like this shit. And just like I don't expect hardcore comic book fans to like his movies. You yeah. know, I know I'm an anomaly. I know I I, I like games. No, that's movies. the thing. You're not. Yeah. Actually, you're not an anomaly. That's the thing. <laughs> See, that's one thing we have to understand. We have to make sure we don't live in this bubble that everybody likes these movies. Yeah. Because they don't. I know several people that have not never seen a Marvel movie, don't give two shits about any of these Marvel movies. And yeah, go I, there, my sister, yeah, my them. sister's one of them. Yeah. Right, my mom is one of them, you know. <laughs> I was taking to go see a movie and she completely forgot she even watched it. You know, yeah. so yeah, we can't live in this bubble thinking that everybody loves these movies because reality is they don't. Yes, they are genre movies, so if people are into this genre, they're going to like them. But for a lot of people, and a lot of people, and I know some. The internet, the internet is basically vocal. Whoever's right. on the internet, that's who watches. Them. Release the Snyder Cut. Those guys. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you're not on social media all the day and you're not on the internet all day, you're not bitching about these movies or, or listen to our podcast, yeah. you don't give a shit about these movies. Yeah. And as we understand, like every everybody has their own opinion. My band director used to always say, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. Well, so, everyone's one. <laughs> Or, or that too, right? <laughs> Maybe he misquoted when he said it, but yeah, that's what I. That's what I go by. <laughs> so Martin Scorsese like his movies. That's cool. But Martin Scorsese is also making another gangster movie, and some people don't like those either. Yeah. So like we yeah. say, well, everybody can like whatever they like. It's cool. And Martin, that's the thing about Martin Scorsese. His gangster movies. He's only made like what four of them now. True. And he's made like. But, but we got like thirty fucking movies. That is true, but his most popular movies—they are, are his most popular ones, yeah. right? And his la- and his most late and his latest movie is a gangster movie, yeah. so it's not helping his cause. Like, yes, the popular opinion of Martin Scorsese, even though, like you said, he made thirty movies of all kind of genres, but yeah. people only people just think he's that guy that makes gangster movies. Yeah, like he only knows how to do one thing, you know. Yeah, his last movie was a movie about priests in Japan getting fucking tortured to death. <laughs> right, but did anybody see that? No, but no, I, I saw it, but nobody right. else did because everyone was bitching about BVS at the time. Right. I remember when that shit came out. <laughs> but all right, let, let's just dive into the movie. Like I said, we we should know Martin Scorsese enough, and the thing is, we both love Martin Scorsese because we can like more than one to him. Like, even though this is a comic book podcast and we always review comic book movies, we do like other type of movies. Yeah. Like, if I had to sit there and just watch superhero movies all day long, me personally, I would go crazy. I wouldn't recommend I just anybody just to do that shit. Today, me and my brother and sister, we all went and saw When Harry Met Sally. Sally. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the 30th anniversary. It was one of my mom's favorite movies. A romantic comedy, you know, Billy Crystal, what's her name? Meg Ryan. Mm-hmm. You know, classic. America's sweetheart. Back then. Yeah, classic, you know, romantic comedy. One of my mom's favorite movies. You know, rest in peace, my mom. You know, we're like, hey, let's go see that. Mom liked that movie. Okay, sure. So, like, yeah, let's go. You know, so I did. I went and saw a romantic comedy in the theater. That's thirty years old. You know, so yeah, I and I came home and watched the fucking Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Balance. <laughs> <laughs> and read my comic books. Right. <laughs> you know, like I you still can managed do both. to watch. Yeah, and still managed to watch The Irishman twice over Thanksgiving break. Right. Because you know? <laughs> that's how much I like this movie. Well, yeah, let's talk about The Irishman. Let's talk about The Irishman. Okay. Uh, Eli, I'm, I'm going to let you go first. Like I said, this is your wheelhouse. Like I said, you are okay. the scorsese expert. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to let you go first. Just give me a quick, you know, synopsis of what you think about the movie. Um, well, I, I thought it was great. 
I was really excited when I first heard about this movie, like three, four years ago when they announced it. I'm like, oh, that's going to be great. You know, he's getting he's getting the band back together. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is like the Temptations, you know, reuniting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like Wu Tang announcing, like, "Hey, we're all the members are going to get back together and we're going to go do a show and shit like that." <laughs> you know, so that's what it was like. He's getting, you know, it's Scorsese, De Niro, Pesci, and then they're throwing in Al Pacino, who he's never worked with before. Which is and shocking. Pac- you think he would have? But yeah. yeah. So Al Pacino, he's been known for Godfather and Scarface. You know, so all these like iconic actors from the gangster movie genre are getting together. Harvey Keitel as well. Um, they're getting together. They're going to make this fucking movie about this guy who worked with Hoffa. That's about all I knew about it. You know, mm-hmm. I was all oh, that. I can't wait for that. So I kind of like, I was really excited to see this movie. And if it was in the theater, I would have totally fucking went and saw it, you know? Um, but I, I, I did like it. Um, I thought it was a very, different take on the gangster movie genre. Mm-hmm. This was more about the reflective life of the criminal lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Um, someone said they, they kind of said, it's like unforg- what Unforgiven did to Westerns, the Irishman does for gangster movies. You know, sort of Martin Scorsese's tribute to that genre and those films and that lifestyle. And where it is a... It's basically the story about an old man reflecting on his life of crime, his life of evil, mm-hmm. and the toll that that took on him, on his family, and how he ends up just this broken, sad, old wretch of a soul at the end. It's quite tragic. Most of the gangster movies, that's what people don't understand. You know, people might miss the point that gangster movies especially Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola movie, the Godfather movies, those are tragedies. Right. You know, they're, they're not, I know we like to glorify them and we think they're cool when we see everybody kicking their ass and shit, but they're tragic stories. They're always about the guy, the gangster falling from grace. We see him rise, but then you see him fall, you know, and this movie, they really emphasize on the fall from grace and what it does to their lives, what it does to their family. They, they really focus on the family and the kids of what these criminals are doing. You know, and these are real life gangsters. Um, Which I didn't I know that, that watching the movie at first. Yeah. And um, I thought that was really well done. Like it, it, to me, it was almost like the anti Goodfellas. you know what I mean? The anti Godfather, so to speak, you know what I mean? Cause it, it didn't glorify the gangster the gangster genre it's sort of like no this is kind of fucked up you know it really emphasized that and that's what i thought was very i it was a different take for me it, i didn't expect that you know and I'm, and i i watched it twice now and i'm starting to notice more things and I'm like really getting into how how he sort of portrays you know what what it did to the family what it did to him and what it did, the, the, like the gangsters are not glorified. In fact, every time he introduces a well known mobster, 
It shows yeah, how they died. Yeah. It shows how they died. Here's fat Tony Salerno died of fucking cancer or whatever the fuck. And it shows him in, you know, as an old man getting a colonoscopy and shit. Mm. I mean, this is, you know, <laughs> these big, bad, badasses that we glory, these mobsters that, you know, hip hop and, you know, people glorify as these, you know, criminal figures. We, we see like, we see them get old and decrepit and die. And the guy, you know, Joe, at the end, Joe Pesci can't even chew his bread. And he's just he's in a wheelchair. I mean, you just see and these guys. What, with, what is worse? Is what worse? Is it dying young? You know, violently, yeah, tragically, like going or out like Scarface? Yeah, yeah. Which or living cool. your yeah. life the whole time with none of your family fooling with you. All of your friends are dead. Yeah. Half of them you killed yeah. yourself. You know what? What's worse? Yeah. yeah, the 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 scene at the end when he's he, he can't reconcile with his daughter right. is so fucking heartbreaking. I mean, the second time watching it, you know. I was like, wow, this is like really sad. You know, I said like how he's like trying to explain to his daughter, I tried to protect you. There's some bad guys out there. And she's like, you were the bad guy. Right. You, you know, you were doing all kinds of shit. We know what you were doing, you know, <laughs> you know. And so, so yeah, I and mean, that's, it. it is, it really emphasized the tragic life of a gangster. And that it's not, it's as much as we like, to glorify as much as these movies like Goodfellas and Godfather have glorified the criminal lifestyle and made this romantic stereotype of how cool it is to be a gangster and shit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Martin Scorsese really showed us like, no, it's really not. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I really liked about this movie. So. Did I go a little too? I'll let you start. Talking. No, 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 no. I can go. I'm, I'm letting you get it. You gotta slap score on it. You gotta slap score on it. I give it a five out of five. I oh, think damn. it okay. lived up to the hype. You know, I you know I wish I could have saw it in a the theater, but the fact that it was on Netflix let me see it again. Like right. I watched it twice now. You know, you know, and even though it's three and a half hours long, I mean, The Godfather Part Two is three and a half hours. You know, I just saw that in a the theater last month. You know, no bathroom breaks, <laughs> nothing. No, you know, <laughs> but um, but but it doesn't. It's not. It's very well paced. You know, um, they're really to me. I didn't think it really dragged anywhere. I mean, I think for me, it dragged when it dealt with the real life stuff. You know, when, when, when they stopped to talk about Kennedy and, you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis and all those like real life, you know, events that were going on. That's when I kind of like, OK, I want to get back into the story, you know. Right. Because they were talking that, about that, the world. But, you know, when I talk about the three guys that, you know. Yeah, because it, it is a story about these three characters, you know, Frank Sheeran played by Robert De Niro, who was the, you know, the hitman who worked for Russ, um, uh, Russellino, what's his name? Uh, Buffalino? Buffalino, but yeah. Russ, whatever his name was. Joe Pesci's character. I couldn't think of Joe Pesci's name. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, I, he, he worked for him, but then he, they had him, like, kind of protecting Jimmy Hoffa. So you see, like, that, that, that three dynamic of those friendships and how it prospered for so long and then it deteriorated. So it's about loyalty and betrayal, you know, and duty and, you know, the code of honor, you know, the code of the mob and what they had to do. And, and I, the performances were, were great. I even though, and even the CGI, I didn't even mind the CGI. You I was going to ask you about the CGI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The CGI, I wasn't 
bothered by it no more than I was from any other, you know, Marvel movie that de-ages people or if somebody's in prosthetic makeup. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. But but the performances sold it for me, you know. And there's this movie has classic scenes. I mean, we, I, I won't get into them now, but there's some classic Scorsese-style scenes in this movie that I just, like, loved, <laughs> that I loved, you know. And, and and Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa, holy shit, that yeah. was gold. He was such a fucking ball breaker. I'm like, holy shit, he got away with that, talking all that shit for so long without getting killed. Right. <laughs> you know I mean, they gave him every chance they could. Eventually, and they like, did. They're like, we did everything we could. We, we, he just won't listen. <laughs> Until the end, he's just constantly talking shit. Yeah. Especially like, when he said, like, oh, do you think that they, if these are the same guys that killed the president, you don't think they can kill the yeah. president? Of the union, go yeah. like, oh, shit, the president, this. president of the union, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they killed the president, they can kill you. <laughs> that, that, that scene with Tony Pro, Tony yeah. Provenzano, the, the, the little guy who is in right. jail. There's the jail where they get into the argument, and then they have to sit down, and he's just talking shit. I'm like, holy fuck, that's a racial slur, you people. <laughs> <laughs> I want an apology. No, I am apologizing, you fucking what. And then he's asking Frank about, hey, you think Russell uh, do something about the little guys? Did did Jimmy Hoffa just ask to, you know, kill another mob guy, a made mob guy? Right. (laughs) Holy shit, this guy. I mean, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of classic Scorsese type of moments that happened in this movie that I just, that I absolutely loved. That I was just so. Yeah, I was giddy. I was watching this, laughing my ass off. Like, just, yeah. Like, I watched I started it after work, like, around midnight. And then I watched it at all one sitting. And I was laughing. I was like, holy shit. And then towards the end, I mean, that good hour in the middle, mm-hmm. when he's, like, uh, when he, they're going on to Detroit, and Russ finally says, hey, before we go to the wedding, I'm going to have you fly to Detroit. You know, take care of this thing. Right. <laughs> and you're going to fly back. And then we're going to drive up and go to the and he knew exactly who he was talking about, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's just him it, in the army. Like, hurry yeah. back. That means take the guy out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know how you feel. And that was such a great scene. And De Niro, classic De Niro, where he just, it's just, he doesn't say nothing. He just sits there and nods. Just like that blank expression. I was just like, hey, and Joe Pesci's like, I know how you feel, man, but we, we did everything we could for the guy. You know, because he was friends with Jimmy Hoffa. Mm-hmm. That was his friend. It's like, you got to go kill your friend. Is it? But you know, because he, you're his friend, they wanted to kill you too. He's like telling them you they, you were gonna die too, but they're not because I told them not to. Out of respect to me, you're not gonna you're not gonna get killed, but you got to kill him though. And just like he's got to sit there and take it. And De Niro's just like going through it over his head. That just the despair in his face that you can see, without even saying anything. <laughs> I was like, wow, you know. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I'm. I'll start watching it yeah. again. <laughs> okay. Now, let me go. I mean, like I said, okay. I was I was outside smoking a cigarette where you were going. <laughs> All right. Like I said, you gave this movie a five out of five. Eli, I did not like this movie as much as you did. Okay. Sorry. Let's, that's, that's why we're going to get two conflicting uh, reviews on this right now. Like I said, this movie was three hours, 35 minutes. Uh, you said it was perfectly paced. I don't agree with that. I think it did drag in some parts. <laughs> I think it was boring in some parts. Matter of fact, the reason I watched it twice, because the first time I watched this movie, I hated it. Like, flat oh, out shit. hated it. I was like, man, I can't watch this shit again. But I watched it again. I watched it again just to actually sit down, 
what parts I missed, stuff like that. And the second time, I actually did it into it. Now, three hours, 35 minutes. This is a long movie. This movie is a commitment for everybody getting ready to watch this. It is. Sit aside, a, a, you know, a, a time of your day and just sit down and watch the movie because I want to break down the first hours. Honestly, Eli, the first hours movie, I hated it. I thought it was super boring. It was convoluted because you had all those time jumps going around all over the place, stuff like that. Yeah, that is true. Hated the first hour. I was like, oh, I'm ready to cut this shit off. What time is it? Fuck, we're 20 minutes in? Shit. You know, that's how I was like. But the moment Al Pacino showed up, the movie took off. That's like an hour and a half in. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's like but, an hour, 90 minutes in. He don't show up. Till yeah, it takes a while for Al, uh, Al Pacino to show up. But the moment he shows up in the movie, that's when the movie takes off. That's when the movie like, okay, I'm, I'm into it now. I'm invested. Everything that just happened in the movie before, I'm, I'm matter of fact, it actually to me that it even becomes Al Pacino's movie. When yeah. the, the moment he's there, it becomes his movie because I feel like he just so much screen present, he just steals every scene he's in it, like it just takes over from him. Uh, and it shocked me because I didn't even know this was a Jimmy Hoffa movie. Mm-hmm. So when I'm I watch- didn't know, I didn't know that Al Pacino was playing Jimmy Hoffa. I didn't know that either. So yeah. when I'm watching, so when he scene, said, "Hey, Mr. Hoffa," I'm like, "Whoa, I'm like, really? What? No, really? <laughs> okay." And then the whole time, like, okay, well, maybe he's just gonna just pop in the movie. He'll just be a, a, you know, a cameo or something like that. And maybe they want to explain what happened to him because you know everybody. Well, we know because you know we're not millennials and shit like that. We know about Jimmy Hoffa. We know that Jimmy Hoffa, Hoffa went missing, and it's a, like one of the biggest mysteries and conspiracies of American history. Yeah. You know, we know that. So we like his movie. Like, okay, I wonder if they're going to explain what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. But eventually they do. <laughs> yeah. In their own way, what, what he's claimed yeah. what happened. Allegedly, what Allegedly. he claimed. Right. Because yeah, the there's have... so, many, so many mobsters claim to have, yeah, I'm the one who shot Jimmy Hoffa. He's buried under Giant Stadium or he's in the river or something. Or, yeah, they he's in an oil drum and blah, blah, blah. We had him crushed in a car. Right. I there's so many different conflicting stories. Would, that, what, I think one of them they said like they chopped him in different pieces and mailed him like in every like the four, farthest corners of every state or something like one in Alaska, one in Maine, oh, one yeah. in It's all they're trying to gain notoriety. No one really knows, no one can really prove anything. But this is a, just another this is just another right. story. Like this is his story, this Frank, people, and, this was, and it's actually yeah. based on a novel. The novel is called I Heard You Paint Walls. And that's the funny thing, like when the movie starts off, was, it, the movie it doesn't call itself the Irishman. The movie calls itself I Heard You Paint Walls. Houses. Oh, houses. Sorry. <laughs> that's why <laughs> yeah. that's why we pay you the big bucks. <laughs> I heard you paint houses. That's what it's called. <laughs> Which was code for I heard you kill people. <laughs> right, because you paint the house you paint the walls with the, yeah. with the blood. Yeah. I also do my own construction when he said <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> he threw that little piece in there. So yeah, yeah, so that's how I feel about the movie. Like the first hour was just tough to get through. Like for instance, like can I can I recommend this movie to somebody else? I can't I can't just recommend this movie to just anybody. Now, of course, if you were a Scorsese fan, stuff like that, you can do that. If you're a Marvel guy and you think Ant-Man's the greatest movie of all time, <laughs> it's not your movie. <laughs> you know, this is a slow burn. Like I said, they say it on there when you click the movie. It's a slow burn. It's a slow pace. You have to pay attention because different uh, different things will pop up later on. Uh, Eli, you said there are some iconic scenes on this. I didn't really get it. There's some cool mm. scenes, but not iconic. There are no iconic lines like, uh, all my life I wanted to be a gangster. You know, I didn't get that crane shot from Goodfellas. I didn't get uh in Wolf of Wall Street. You know, anytime Leonardo DiCaprio is making these big monologues, I get a few of that sometimes, but not just like that iconic scene that I feel like is going to be meme worthy. You know, it's going to catch on. No, no Baby Yoda moments in here. You know, that's how I felt. 
you know, I say I was looking for that, but I was, where's that one moment that I could take away from this movie? Now, when you take a look at all of Scorsese's other, let's compare this to his other gangster movies. Now, whatever you want to, other people may not like those gangster movies. I think those movies that he made are some of the best movies of all time. Goodfellas, it's up there. Mm-hmm. Hell, Wolf of Wall Street is up there to me. Like, Wolf of Wall Street is Wolf of Wall Street is basically Goodfellas with rich guys. Yeah, I mean it's so close to a gangster movie. I, I in my opinion, yeah. I call Wolf of Wall Street a gangster movie. Yeah, you know, here's an unpopular opinion. Okay, I didn't really like Gangs in New York. That's not unpopular. That movie sucked. Okay, yeah, because okay. I read the book. Yeah, and they basically tried to cram two hundred years worth of history into like two hours, like, three the hours. The only thing I liked in the movie was Daniel Day <clears throat> Lewis. He stole the, but he's Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. He's gonna steal the scene in every movie he's in anyway. Other than that, you can just throw the whole movie away. So that's that. But it's other gangster movies, some of the best of all time. Casino, Departed, Casino, Mean Streets. Best of all time. Mean Street, all these movies like that just up there. Is Irishman on the same level as those movies? I know you gave it a five out of five, also like that, and you put it up there. I can't put it up there. For instance, this this is the best analogy I can give to it. Michael Jordan to me is one of the best basketball. No, not one of he is the best basketball, best basketball player of all time. For me, Watching this movie was like watching Michael Jordan play for the Washington Wizards. That's just me. I mean, yeah. I, I felt like he was, it's like a movie that is not quite where he was. Still good, still entertaining, but it's kind of past his prime. It wasn't there. I think, I mean, and that's the thing. I think that was the point. I think this is a more reflective gangster movie. Mm-hmm. That, the point was to be slow. Was more, the point was about looking back on the life of crime. Or looking back on the life of a of a genre, you know, I think it's like I said, it's Scorsese's tribute to gangster, the gangster genre, you know, and so that that's why I didn't mind it. And as far as the first hour, I mean, it was just about his rise, his rise, him coming up, and I don't know, I, I, I yeah, I guess yeah, I don't know, and maybe that's just me, and I'm biased because I. I'm into the, the. This is my one of this. I like that type of. I like him. I like his style. Yeah, and, and like I said, I've been that. I've been on Twitter all day, and I'm hearing different opinions like that. Some people are rating it five out of five Oscar season. Get ready for it; they're gonna sweep it. Some people hate the movie. You know, yeah. I'm not. I'm. And I don't I've, hate. And the I've movie. heard people say, and yeah, and, I, and I'm used to that. I mean, people say Taxi Driver's boring. I've heard people say Godfather or Goodfellas is boring. I'm like, well, if you can't hang, you can't hang. Yeah. No. And, and like, I will say this: yeah. for the way he, if this is the way he wanted to make this movie, Netflix was the best place to put this. Yeah, how I and feel. That's what, yeah, this is not a movie he... I want to sit in a theater and watch. I won't, but not watching Netflix, sitting there kicking the bang like that. Honestly, Eli, I'm about to say something very blasphemous. I almost felt like this would work better as a TV show. But how many episodes? <laughs> Four or five. Don't drag this shit out like a CW show. No, I don't want Black Lightning. You know, give me about four or five good, strong episodes. They could have squeezed this shit out, flesh out the Cuban Milson Christ a little bit more. JFK and maybe have him a character in there. They already had an actor, you know, playing him. You know, stretch this shit out a little bit more. Give it more time to let it breathe even more. I mean, I mean, there's, I guess that could have worked to, to explain a little more, mm-hmm. like to explain the history. Because I think if people who don't understand, the history might have a hard time with it, you know. I mean, and think I guess, about it. Anna Paquin is in the movie as a fucking cameo. Yeah, I mean, she, she doesn't say she hates his her father. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm just um, saying you could have had a uh, if they had a, like a, a TV show. Of course, you know she got an episode to herself or some shit like that, you know. But it didn't yeah. work out like that. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, they could have, but I don't know. Would it have been as good as an episode? I don't know if it would have been as good. 
Because to me, I think it worked. I think just by showing, just by showing and implying, you get the idea. You don't have to over-explain everything. You know, like I said, just by the actor's face, like just watching De Niro in his blank face, you get the you get the heartache, you get the pain that he's feeling without him even saying anything. You know, and it's and it's a CGI face. And CGI. <laughs> okay, now you talk about the CGI. Now, for the most part, I didn't have a problem with CGI, except for one scene, which t- completely took me out of the movie, and I thought it was completely laughable. And honestly, Eli, that may become a meme. <laughs> okay, the scene where he's stomping out that guy in front of his daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And that so, was, yeah. so you got uh, CGI Robert De Niro looking like in his 40s or 50s, something like that, but he still got this 70-plus-year-old body stomping this guy out. And I'm just like, this shit does not work <laughs> like you can tell this is an old man stomping this guy out oh yeah i guess i didn't really know i guess i was more into the I, the point of that scene is you're witnessing the beat down through the eyes of her daughter, of and, her daughter. and i get that it's a very like a crucial moment of the yeah. entire plot of the movie because that's the moment his daughter and uh, relationship is fractured yeah. you know that exact moment so i, I get the i get what the scene meant I'm yeah saying it was and any other fun. gangster movie that's the thing in any other gangster movie that would be oh that was so cool that's badass he just kicked you know they, they he slapped his daughter he went in and beat the guy's ass that would have been you know world star you know that would, everyone would have, <laughs> right. that would have been you know like I said the glorification of the the, the ass kicking right. you know but in this movie no you see it, it's it's horrible you see it through the eyes of a child mm-hmm. and it's horrible. and that's the moment his daughter <clears throat> never looked in the same way again yeah 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 I'm just saying yeah. that scene was hilarious to me that's all. I mean, it kind of was. I get what they were going for. I'm just saying, it just (laughs) took me out. I don't know. And the guy, well, the guy he was beaten was a big fat guy who could barely move, so. Hell, Robert De Niro could barely move. Like, like, come on, guys. It didn't didn't take much to kick the guy's ass. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, it was like slowest kicks ever. Like, come on, man. Oh man. but that, of course that's, he that's, was. A, of course he was a, a mob guy. The grocery store knew he, even before he walks in. How Frank, man, your daughter was out of line. Your daughter, and it, <laughs> <laughs> like before the first slap came, he's already like, wait, man, wait, wait, wait. He knew what he was there to do. He knew what he was there to do. Right when he, <laughs> he, he knew, he knew. So that that's my whole thing about the Irishman. It is a good movie. It is definitely when I recommend watching. I, I do feel like this movie is an acquired taste. Yeah, you know, if you, that's what that's why I say like because you know people are gonna ask us, Eli, what do we think about this movie? Should I watch this movie? Can I make a recommendation? I can't recommend this movie just to anybody. I gotta yeah. do some. You if know, you action. like gangster flicks, if you like Scorsese, yeah, you'll for, like this. I'm, I'm gonna give you another. Uh, I'm gonna give you another example. That Dolomite movie. What was the name of it? Dolomite is my name. Okay. That's the name. name is yeah. That movie we were recommending anybody. We weren't like, well, do you like this type of movie? Do you like type of movie? They'd be like, no, go see it. Go see it. This movie, I just can't say, go see Irishman. I was like, are you in the gangster movies? Do you have three and a half hours to, to kill? Okay. Maybe maybe wait an hour and a half until Al Pacino pops up. Then I can recommend it. You know, the tough sale. But I like it. Overall, my score, three. I know it's the great Martin Scorsese, and I'm not shitting on him because we're getting Marvel checks. We don't get Marvel <laughs> Are we? Che- well, when I, when I talked to Gomer, he said we are supposed to get Marvel checks every time we praise a Marvel movie because that's what critics do. But he said he's going to hold the checks for us right now until further notice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my score. So we're, we're somewhere in the middle. You gave it five out of five. I got, that's probably our most lopsided score I think we've had on anything on this thing. 
I mean, like I said, I know, like, I. If he, no, if no, he, no. Joker jo- jo- was like that too. I think Joker was like that too. I think we worried about it on Joker. I thought we both thought it was just okay. Oh, I, re- I, like I gave it. it a three. Didn't I, I, did, I didn't three? give it a five. You gave it a three. I said it was pretty good. I didn't. I didn't like. Oh, Did you give it a four. I didn't do it. Might have gave it a four, maybe. I don't know. I, I think I gave it a four. <clears throat> maybe I gave it a four. But okay, but this I feel like is a wider gap than we even gave Joker. So I feel like this is probably our most divisive movie we've had on this podcast yet, which is cool. <laughs> you know. I guess. Yeah. 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 We're gonna wait to see how this thing goes. Want to see how? I it... mean, to me, this was like End Game for me. As much as I mean, End Game was my End Game too. But as much yeah. as Mar- Marvel fans are excited about Endgame, I was excited about this movie. Well, and that's yeah. the thing. Like, I don't, don't, don't. I don't want anybody to think I was targeting this movie or ready to shit on this movie. I was excited for this movie also because, like I said, I love Casino, love Goodfellas, love Wolf of Wall Street, and I was expecting a movie on that level. Me yeah. personally, I didn't get a movie on that level. I feel like I got a competent movie, you know, because even a bad Scorsese movie is still a better movie than most movies. I uh, yeah. yeah. And so, like I said, we we just gonna disagree. Agree, disagree. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get past that. Like I said, uh, video game news. I don't have anything. If I do, I'll come back with it next week. Let's just jump in the comments. Just go right at it. Uh, shoot, should I go first? Sure. You got the X minute, right? I have the X minutes. <laughs> go ahead. Do yeah, it. okay, so first thing we're going to start off with is X-Force number two. Okay, like I said, after the shocking reveal of X-Force one last time we reviewed it, Professor X was assassinated by the Ravagers. They, you know, they were sent by the humans. So now they're all standing over Xavier's dead body. Magneto was there, you know, uh, crying over his old friend. He's like, I should have been there for you. If I was here, I would have turned the metal, shoved up the dude's ass. He would have killed you, but I wasn't here. So he takes the uh, cerebral helmet and turned to a sword. He was like, until then, I'm ruling. Everybody going to run through me. But don't worry, we're going to bring you back. So apparently, Charles did have, and you called it, Eli. Charles did have a fail-safe system in case something like this happened. Yeah. Maybe. You're not going to drag this out as much as possible. So what happened is, Jean Grey had another Cerebro. that he So he backed up more than one Cerebro at the time. Had another one down there, but she don't know how to work it. So she called Beast down there, and Beast like, okay, I'm going to figure this thing out. I don't know if I can. If I do, blah, 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 whatever like that. So Jean Grey and Beast are trying to figure out how to, you know, revive this Cerebro, because they fry Cerebro. They can bring back Professor X. But even that Wolverine's just, like, fucking pissed. He was like, I'm going to find out what the fuck happened. Who the fuck killed Professor X? You know, Wolverine used his, uh, his expert tracking powers to track the smell of the airplane that dropped in the Ravagers, so he tracked them all the way to uh, Saigon or Seoul or somewhere. He's in Asia somewhere. He finds out where they are. Seoul. Did I say it right? Seoul. Is it Seoul or Seoul? I think it's Seoul. Let's say Seoul. <laughs> okay. Korea. I think he's in Seoul, Korea. Anyway, he's there killing a bunch of people trying to find out who the fuck was uh, trying to assassinate Professor X while he's about to kill one guy. Uh, he's also joined by Quinn Quagmire. I, I think I fucked his name up. I know his name is not Quagmire. But anyway, let's go with that. Uh, Kid Omega, that's his name. He He's actually the most powerful telepath in the Marvel Universe. Not Jean Grey, not Professor X, this kid. And he's just talking about, like, uh, he's, the, he's the kid that popularized the Magneto was right t-shirt because he wore it in one of the X-Men class one time. He's that kid. So him, uh, Quentin, and Wolverine are teamed up, chopping up other people. They find out it's this other thing that they're cloning humans 
but they're augmenting them in a way to make them a little bit stronger than what they were before. And they get loose and they start chopping, they start fighting Wolverine. Wolverine's chopping them up left and right. They just keep throwing guys at them. And Quinn Quagmire, Quagmire I keep fucking the name up. I knew his name was not Quagmire. But anyway, his powers are not working down there. So obviously he has some kind of psychic shield going on down there. And Wolverine, like, if there's a psychic shield, and obviously trying to hide something or somebody from us. So I need you to find her. I'm like, find who? Her, because she must be here. He goes in the room and he finds <clears throat> Domino with half her skin peeled off. Now, the reason this is a big deal because the Ravengers were able to sneak into um, Krokoa because they had patches of Domino's skin on them. So when people, when they pressed through, they just thought it was Domino walking through. So they peeled off her skin to put it on those guys, and apparently she, like, half-dead, stuff like that. But anyway, that's how the book ends. So, really, that's a 3.5 out of 5, competent book. It wasn't that shocker like last issue was, but it was it was there. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um I'm gonna let you do new mutants. <laughs> Fuck man. That's your shit. That's <laughs> it's cool. I'll do it. Uh, you wanna do new mutants? I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I fuck it, I do new mutants. Or do you want I, me to do it? No, no, oh, yeah, I'll do, do it. I'll do it. It's cool. Uh, all right, okay, because I'll do I'll do Venom. Okay, because I didn't read that one. I didn't know that was out. Yeah, Venom number 20, uh, the last Absolute Carnage tie-in, sort of a epilogue, I guess. So, as you well know, uh, Venom, Eddie Brock, killed Carnage last issue um, to save his son. But now he's released Null, the symbiote god, who's probably going to show up at some point. We find He finally admitted to Dylan that he is his dad. Um, Dylan has some sort of power, which sort of gets explained in this issue. We... Um, the maker who has escaped, who was actually secretly uh, collecting all the codexes, you know, the DNA samples of all the symbiotes, you know, he escaped and he's talking to somebody and he's talking about how the mission has failed. This project, uh, the fuck is it called? Project, the fuck is it? Working on some project. I can't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, he's talking to somebody. They don't reveal who it is. He's talking to somebody about how the mission's failed and shit and blah, 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 blah. But now... He has that Dylan starts explaining something about Dylan and how he got his power that somehow uh, symbiotes are born from other symbiotes somehow. And because Eddie Brock, I guess asexual reproduction or something, something like that. Yeah. So so somehow Eddie's symbiote that the Venom symbiote, you know, made Dylan somehow. Um, So he wants to use that. But he's also trying to go back to. The ultimate universe. I thought that and, was gone. And that's what he's wondering. And he, but because he has, he has a sample of the Venom symbiote from the ultimate universe. And apparently that thing can travel between universes or something. Some shit like that. Um, we cut back and forth. Fucking uh, D- Dylan and, and, and Eddie are have a sort of a father son moment where he, he promises to protect, protect them always and all that. Um, no secrets, even though um, they are keeping secrets. He, Dylan hasn't revealed to Eddie that he has a power yet. You know what I mean? That he has some power. Um, then we find out that who uh, who who the maker's talking to. He's like, yeah, I want to use this symbiote from the Ultimate Universe to go back there and take over that universe. You know, so he can join the Council of Reeds, and that's who he's been talking. Oh, to. okay. So the Council of Reeds still exists. Yeah, so yeah, and they're like, well, you can't do shit. You got to be in charge of a universe. 
and uh, you ain't you ain't done that yet. So you you, you we don't we don't grant you the rank of master. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it ends. I mean, technically, the council is supposed to be killed off, but it's comics, so whatever. Yeah, you can do what you want. Uh, uh yeah, give me a score. Oh, four out of five. Four out of five. Okay, cool. Nice little wrap up to this whole. Wraps up. It, it's a, it's more of a wrap up, you know. It gives a little, like I said, it's like more of an epilogue to the absolute. Yeah, I was gonna say epilogue run, to it, yeah. You know, and then of course setting up some other shit. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. After reading through New Mutants, I like. Yeah, I, I, I may need to review this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So basically, what happens is, uh, New Mutant. This is New Mutants number two. Still in the X minute we're doing right now. So last time we left off, the Star Jammer Jammers framed the New Mutants for stealing something. They got caught by the CR guard. They've been locked in jail and they've been there for three days. And now they're finally in court. And Sunspot called in his space lawyer. He said he had in his back pocket the whole time. Like, Don't worry about my space lawyer. Get us out of here. So when time when time comes for the judge to announce his sentence, uh, he announced them all guilty. So the space lawyer sucks. Yeah, they had a shitty lawyer. Yeah. yeah, they had a shitty lawyer. He was like, okay, yeah, you suck. Like, yeah, you're fired. You know. So he was like, I got two guards gonna come in here and drag you back in. Guards come in and they look at the guards and it's Cannonball, Cannonball and his wife, uh, Power Smasher, Smasher, some shit. Some like Super that. Smasher, or something. Yeah, like Smash that. Brothers, something. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's her. <laughs> but anyway, they're all happy to see them stuff like that. They were like, all right, you ready to get out of here? Because really. This is the whole thing is bullshit. I really came to get y'all out of here. We're going to go back home. I'm like, okay, cool. So they go back home. They're flying. Well, they're flying through Shi'ar space and stuff like that. But before they can, you know, go back to Earth, uh, Smasher gets a call from Gladiator. Now, everybody knows who Gladiator is. Gladiator is a dude from, I'm the Juggernaut bitch. That you Juggernaut all over space. He's Marvel Superman. He's also the emperor of the Shi'ar galaxy. You know, he's, he's a big deal. So he basically tells them, oh, yeah, all your, your new music buddies, don't worry about it. They pardon. They're good. But they got to do a favor for me. They're like, oh, what's this favor? Okay, so they, they tells them the favor. They got to go to uh, another place in the Shi'ar space, and they have to actually recruit Deathbird to, uh, to actually train because Gladiator is going to step down from being the emperor and he's going to let his niece or somebody like that take over because he's like, I need to be on the front lines fighting and shit like that. But we actually need a real, real queen. But since she don't know shit, I'm going to get Deathbird, the most evilest motherfucker in the universe, to teach her how to be a queen. Now, for those who don't know who Deathbird is, let me back this up. Deathbird is an old X-Men villain. Uh, queen Lalandra, who you don't see anymore because they killed her off in Annihilation, one of them books like that. That's her evil sister. You know why she's not the Shi'ar queen or like that? Who knows? But anyway, she's back in the books. So to be continued, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It felt more anti, it felt more climactic than what I just explained it. But yeah, I was happy to see Deathbird. Oh, and they they made Deathbird look sexy as shit in the book. And Sunspot saw her, knowing she's evil. He like, oh, I'm in love. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, overall, get the book. Uh, I get a four to five. I'm I'm actually enjoyed New Mutants, even though I never gave a shit about New Mutants before. Really? They, I never did yeah. until they turned into X Force. Damn, until, huh? until Boom Boom showed up. They might have lost me on this one. Really? <laughs> well, I was just going to just flip-flop on, on our... <laughs> like, whatever I say, I'll you like... like the, well, I'm like... <sighs> okay. <laughs> like, like, all the cool shit to me happened in, like, the like the intro, the first few pages. You know what I mean? That was, like, like the oh, funny this... shit. That was just, like, you know, your lawyer sucks, you know? The funny shit, yeah. Like, okay, we're in space jail. Uh, What's-his-face? Is He doesn't like the fucking... The, the, the uniforms itch. 
You know, and it's just like him tell who is it narrating? Is it um, uh, Sunspot? Yeah. Sunspot's narrating, and he's like, "Yeah, so and so doesn't like his jail, just jail outfit because it's cotton. It's he's got he's allergic to it." And then you got you know Magic who keeps getting into fights, and she gets thrown into solitary, but she can you know port herself out of it, so she keeps escaping solitary, <laughs> you know, and and all this shit going on. It's like <clears throat> that's like the, you know the, the you know the. How they're all, how the Newmans are always fucking around and getting into trouble. Yeah, you know they kind of like that's that they kind of sandwich that into the beginning, you know, and then let's talk about you know this court case, and then we go to the now they got to go do this job for some Shi'ar royalty crap that I really didn't know. I don't know who the that's fuck what got me were. into it. I was like, okay, they got all these Shi'ar folks, you know, Gladiator, Death Bird. That shit got me yeah. excited. I don't know who those motherfuckers <laughs> are. So, you're like, who is Jimmy Hoffa? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know this shit. You know, but it was also like, it was trying to be funny, but like, you can tell that Hickman can't write like teenage dialogue. Well, this wasn't Hickman. This was somebody else. No, this was Hickman. No, this wasn't Hickman. Oh. Yeah, it's Hickman. That's some, some other person. No, it's Hickman. And it's like, you got like this. Oh, shit, it was Hickman. Well educated, you know. <laughs> Okay, now, now, honestly, Eli, I was kind of giving the book a pass. I'm like, it's not Hickman. So it was just like, whoever this guy is, we just give a pass. But now it's Hickman. Now it's like, okay, y'all expecting more now. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, it's like this sort of knowledgeable, you know, dialogue. When you're, but like, like get, try to get Shakespeare to write SpongeBob. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> and you could tell he's trying to like, you know, have these quirky teen conversations, but he can't write them for shit. Like the dialogue, like, you know, especially during the card game and, you know. <laughs> I thought the like card game to... was kind of funny. They're playing a the card game, but they can't read yeah. the cards, so they don't know who's winning, you know. Yeah, but just the di- – I'm just talking about like the dialogue, like what they're saying to each other. And like you could just tell, like, yeah, this is an old guy trying to write how kids – how those kids, you know. <laughs> Hello, young youths. <laughs> Yeah, was it that CB4? Was it CB4? It's like, you know, that really wouldn't be the dope thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know, Eli. I, I, I like the book. I like the book. I like the dialogue. I like the, you know, the, the you know, uh, the dialogue between each other, like Sunspot and Cannonball having that little bromance, whatever like that. I liked all that shit. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I give it a three. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Fucking six point five out of five. Let's just like the it. first, like the first few pages, I was into it, you know. And then I was like, you know, then I'm like, damn, why, why did they just expand those first three pages? Because <laughs> that whole thing about you know magic getting into fights and taking out her sword all the time. Right, that's just one they, panel. That's it. You know? Yeah, this is like one panel with a thought, like a you know five paragraphs of him explaining it, <laughs> you know. You know, I would like to see that book, you know, and then they throw in a solitary that she keeps escaping. <laughs> I mean, now you think about it, I could have, I would have liked to see a whole, like, book of them just in jail doing yeah. shit. Yeah, that, that would yeah. be cool. Because it says space jail or whatever, right at the beginning, space jail. How are yeah. things going? Not great. Yeah, and, and then, they said they've been there for three days, so. And then, yeah, and then if that's like one page. One page with just a ton of words, like, explaining what happened for those few days. And like, okay, and then we go to the courtroom and the lawyer's stupid and you know, it was all right. And then it just like kept getting, Okay. Now they're, they're escaping and now there's some royalty shit. Now there's some space game of Thrones shit going on. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you 
It's like, what happened to Space Jail? What happened to the kids in jail? <laughs> yeah, they ran through you that know? shit so fucking quick. They were just like, well, let's yeah. move on to the next plot. <laughs> yeah. Hickman don't give a fuck about what the, the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Oh, is it me? <laughs> yeah, it's on you now. Okay. What else did I do? Uh, I'll do, I guess I'll do Detective. Should I do Detective? Did you read Detective? I did not read Detective. I just like the cover. Oh, oh you just did that. <laughs> I was like, what do I just assume that you read it? Okay. Detective. Uh, shit. I'm trying to get my, I'm trying to get my, what number is it? 1016? Uh, yeah. 1016. Yeah, so we have, uh, yeah, Mrs. Freeze. Nora Freeze has gone, you know, gangsta. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she broke up with Mr. Freeze. She's uh, going around, you know, just uh, fucking shit up, and Mr. Freeze and Batman have to team up and go after her. And that's basically essentially what this uh, what this issue is. They go and fight her, um, you know. They have a fight with her. She kind of – she actually uh, gets the better of him. She freezes Batman, and it takes him and, – and, you know, just long enough for – you know, he does – you know, he's, he's in his fighter bat suit, so he does melt his way out, but – she escapes, but before she escapes, you know, her and Mr. Freeze sort of have this moment where she's like, you, 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 are, you will never stop fighting for me, will you? He's like, no, I love you. He's like, yeah, I know. You, you, you know, you've dedicated your whole life to save me, so you will never stop coming after me, right? And she's like, yeah, I, I will, no, I want to save you. Because she's got that dr- the drug that's in her that's, make, that's keeping her alive is basically making her crazy. I want to save you. That we got to get that out of you. We need to save you. He's like, you're not gonna ever stop. You know, you love me that much. She's like, yeah, I know. That's and because you love me, you're never gonna stop. That's why I got to do this. And she injects him with some poison. I forget what it was, but it fucks him up, and then she escapes. So she's out there. She took off to Canada, you know, living somewhere in some cabin, frozen tundra and shit. And Batman had to save Mister Freeze by freezing him. And now he's in the same container. That Nora was in, and that's how she's being—he's kept alive in uh, Arkham. So that's how it ends. Mister Freeze is now where his wife used to be. <laughs> oh damn! Okay. Pretty cool. Events, yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. I give it a four out of five. Nice breezy, easy read, action and shit, and you know, cool twist. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, next book I got is Fallen Angels number two. Damn! Another X Men. Another experience. It's a, like they just cranking these books out. They don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> like we're getting your money now. So yeah. So the book is eh, I just pretty much just go through it. Uh, Psylocke is approached by Cable, not Kid Cable. Kid Cable is telling her that he had this dream or he got some information about this place that's getting attacked. That's got nothing to do with what they were doing before in tag, but they need to go and rescue the people there. So I'm like, nope, they ain't got to do with me. I'm trying to get this dude named Apoth. If we do anything else other than what we need to do, we're going to get found out. I mean, Nito's going to shut us down. He was like, well, we need to go. Um, then somehow she talks to Dazzler, and Dazzler talks her into going with C- Cable. So she goes to Mr. Sinister. Mr. Sinister says, if you do me a favor, I'll let you go. So it's going to be Kid Cable, Psylocke, and what's the girl? X-23. They all go. Psylocke's like, if, I, if y'all take me with you, I just want you to know I'm a killer. I'm not like Bessie Graddick, that old English chick you know. If I find them, I'm killing everybody in there. So she's like, okay, cool. That's what we do. So they go there. Kid Cable does his little uh, psychic thing. He doesn't sense anybody there. He doesn't sense anybody there because there's a giant robot that's about to attack them. The end. And there's also some story about some killer back in the past stabbing people. Shit like that. 
Jack the Ripper. Yeah, something like that. Overall, uh, three out of five. It was, I don't know. It's, I was so hyped up for the first book. This one just kind of just, eh, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't grab me. I don't know what it was. Did Hickman write that too? Not this one. Brian Hill wrote this one, which was actually even more shocking. Because sometimes he can write better shit than Hickman. Okay. Sometimes. All right. That's all I got. Well, not all I got. I have one more book after that, but I'll let you go. Oh. Well, uh, my, the only other book I read. Really? Did I do three? How many, how many did I do? Uh, oh, Venom? Yeah, I don't Yeah, This will be my last book. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. So I got, what's that called? Uh, eight Heads in a Duffel Bag? Or... Yeah, I love Joe Pesci in that. <laughs> uh, the Bag Full of Heads, or what's it called? Basket Full of Heads. Number two from the DC Black Label, Hill Comics. Joe Hill presents the guy who did the uh, Lock and Key and shit. His new yeah. horror line of Stephen comics. King's son, yeah. Stephen King's son. So this is number two. The first issue was about you know this this girl. Um, I forget her name already. Um, she goes out with this cop. Um, they, they live in this small town that's uh, kind of an island. There's a, a big storm coming, and they're kind of shutting the town down, and people are trying to evacuate because the town's gonna flood and shit. Um, they all hold up at the, you know, her boyfriend's, uh, the chief of police house. He lives in this big mansion. So they're all holding up there while the storm passes. But then, as it so happens, a bunch of escaped uh, prisoners are running around. They escaped the, the prison and they're kind of run, they're loose. So the cops are kind of looking for him, looking for them during the storm. But then they show up at the house. So the, the So this starts out where that left off, where the prisoners... Of sort of, they're fucking people up in the house. The girl, she hid in the bathroom in a clothes hamper, and she's hiding out. And um, she's trying to escape, but then she gets chased down by one of the prisoners. And then um, he, they go into, he, she goes into this, like, weapons room, where there's all these sort of, uh, all these, uh, you know, ancient weapons on the wall, swords and axes and shit. She grabs his axe off the wall. It's supposed to be some weird magic axe. And she ends up fucking uh, chopping off the guy's head. Oh, damn. Uh, well, I mean, then, that's, but, they, they call the book that reason for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing is, he doesn't die. His head's still talking. He's like, what the fuck's like that going chicken on? with a head cut off where you run around for like five seconds? Before no, you... the body's dead, but his head's still alive. He's like, what the fuck? Oh. What the hell? And she's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, how are you still alive? Like, I don't fucking know what the fuck's going on. And, oh. and she's like holding the guy's head. And he's like screaming, what the hell? Help me. And all, you know, and that's where it ends. It's like, oh, okay. So this was a lot better than the first issue. The first issue was just a lot of setup, kind of setting up the relationships. He's got a boyfriend, and the guy's a cop, and the chief of police, and the house, and all that shit. And then it just ends with the, you know, the the escaped prisoners. Nothing much happens. And this one, like, whoa, okay, you can totally tell that he's building the mood. He's building the claustrophobic atmosphere and stuff. You know. Um, being trapped on the island that's being flooded, you know, the storm's coming in and, and power goes out and shit, you know. So he's, he's really emphasizing on mood, you know what I mean? And just that twist of, you know, okay, she just chopped off this guy's head and the head won't die. So, so she gets a basket and puts his head in the basket. So she's got one head. So she's obviously going to get more, hence the title. So, <laughs> one day so I give it a four out of five. I, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Four out of five. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Uh, next book we're going to review. Well, last book I'm going to review is a. Uh, you know, what is this? Action Comics number. Fuck. Oh, Give it a load up. 
1017. Yeah, Action Comics 1017, another one of those Year of the Villain tie-ins. So basically how the book, the book actually starts off with Superman getting the shit beat out of him. And apparently there's Batman in power armor and Wonder Woman also just got shit out of beat of her and waking up. And Batman's like, <clears throat> Clark, Clark, wake up. And Superman starts, you know, waking up. He's like, quit calling me Clark in public. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, you didn't ask anything else. So they look up and who the fuck beat the fuck out of them? The Legion of Doom standing right over them. And we don't know what the hell's going on. Superman's just like, look, Lex, I'll surrender if you stop blowing up the city and stuff like that. We're like, nah, do a better apology than that. And then while they're cutting to that, we cut back to what happened the day before. So apparently the day before, Clark Kent is having an interview with the new owner of the Daily Planet. The new owner of the Daily Planet is this lady named Miss McLeon. What they don't know is that she's the Queen Pen. There's a new Bendis character called the Queen Pen. She runs all the crime in Metropolis and nobody knows who she is. So, And she owns the Daily Planet. So she's uh Clark Kent is interviewing her she's being dodgy with the questions asking where's Lois Lane Lois Lane is better reporter than you anyway that's who I really want to talk to like she's busy but while he's doing that some kind of big ray of light just pops out of nowhere and just starts uh screeching past the Lady planet Superman there's a job for Superman up up and away he flies after it he touches the light and it teleports him to Gorilla City now if those don't know what Gorilla City is a Gorilla City is a city in Africa that lives nothing but talking gorillas. We're not going to talk about it anymore. We just let that go. So, yeah. Uh, they take Superman down. They jump Superman. Hold him hostage. And then he's like... Two seconds later, he's back in, back in the Daily Planet. But he's looking all beat up and shit like that and disheveled. And he's just like, don't worry about it. Yeah, I got hurt. So, while he's looking, he sees an explosion happen. He realized what the hell was happening. The whole thing was a diversion. They teleported him out of Gor Gorilla City on purpose to get him out of the city so they could blow up this building. The building they blew up in was this, the building that the Queen Pen operated out of. So apparently, it looks like this whole technology they're doing, he's seen this technology before, it was from Leviathan. Leviathan is back, and it's like they're waging war on the Invisible Mafia, who is the Queen Pen, who they don't know about. So obviously Leviathan has stepped up his game. So like they're like, why is Leviathan going after organized crime now? What does organized crime want in Metropolis that he didn't have? They're like, boom, Lex Luthor. That's what he is. Book ends. And then that's what we got. So. All right. We were going to talk about Action Bronson, but we didn't. I mean, we still can. I mean, he was. Fuck, we talk about Action. We got nothing else to talk about. Let's talk about Action Bronson. You thought about that because I said Action Comics. <laughs> No, well, I guess no. When you said the queen, what did what did you say? The queen pin. Nobody knows who she was, or I can't remember what you, you said. Something in there. Was, oh yeah, we're supposed to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, we talk about okay. Then my thing about Action Bronze, like show's over, we can talk about Action Bronze. Well, no, write the book. Where's this book? Oh, I forgot about this book. I now I want to talk about Action Bronze and shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, three out of five. But I mean, the reason it got three out of five because fucking John Romita Junior is drawing the book. <laughs> I'm like, why, man? Why are you torturing me? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Action Bronson. Okay, so Action Bronson, is it the first time he's ever acted anything? Because he was in The Irishman also, but he ever acted anything? Yeah, he had a little cameo. He was a coffin salesman. Yeah, selling coffins stuff like that. Co so here's my thing coffin. about Action Bronson. Oh, uh, I like Action Bronson. He's cool, but apparently I'm not supposed to listen to him because there's this whole culture appropriation thing going on. Because if anybody actually ever heard Action Bronson, he sounds a lot like Ghostface Killer. Matter yeah. of fact, you probably heard Action Bronson before and thought it was Ghostface Killer. Yeah. 
Just so they're probably saying that he's purposely taking somebody else's, you know, style and mimicking it. And we shouldn't listen to that because it's technically culture appropriation. You can almost call him a culture vulture if you want to really just go down that road. So I'm just listening. I'm like, yeah, I like his music, but now you tell me I can't listen to him. I tell you what, what I do, I just listen to him. Won't tell you I'm listening to him. How about that? <laughs> so, but he hadn't made music since what's like 2011 or something. I hadn't heard shit from him. Yeah, I haven't really listened to him. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, like, so he's making it easy. Yeah. So yeah, I can boycott somebody who hadn't made music in eight years. Okay. Yeah, but he's got a TV show. Doesn't he have a TV show where he goes around eating food and shit? Uh, What's it called? Fuck that's delicious or something? The fuck? Okay. That's Never what it's called. It. It's on Vice or whatever. That's what it's called. Fuck that's Vice. delicious. I don't have cable. I don't know what these new oh, shows are. Vice is that one show. It's like that news, Vice News, but they have their own network that shows doc mostly documents. Very woke. Even though it's owned by like a conservative asshole. <laughs> Aren't they all? <laughs> Disney? <laughs> <laughs> Um, they have like weed shows, like where they, you know, weed, weed, uh, does it be real have a show on there? Um, does he? I, mean, I didn't even hear the network. So yeah. Be real has a show where he, he, he like samples like weed chefs, chefs who make weed food. Um, uh, there's what's, what's those guys called? Those, those two, uh, those two guys, the they're, like, they're, they're like a podcast. They're two like hip hop dudes in New York. Oh, they have like, uh, the do- uh, Bodega Boys. No, I forget oh. what they're called. But um, but they have like a show, and they all they do is talk shit. I think you're um, talking about the Bodega Boys. Oh, Desus and something something. Yeah, something. Yeah, like, the Bodega yeah. Boys. Yeah. Okay, I forget what what the what the show's called. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they, it's it's that type of show. And then they have, you know, um, then and then Action Bronson has his own show. It's like a, it's like a cook show. Like where he goes around and just eats food from all over the world, and you know. Um, okay, yeah. I've never heard that before. I guess it's what he's been doing for the last eight years when he's not making music. So. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, I, you know, he showed up in the Irishman. Not as far as pretty cool. I mean, until you mentioned, it, I was just like, "Who the fuck is this?" I, now I'm looking for Action Bronson the whole time in there, so I'm just like, "Okay, cool." So. Yeah. He's because you said that, we're gonna end with an Action Bronson song. All right, strictly for my jeeps. <laughs> Oh, no, no, I already know what song we're going to do. You're going to hate it, though. <laughs> All right, so like I said, if you listen this long, uh, just like, share, subscribe. We have a other podcast. We have uh, our sister podcast, Geek Sav, just listen to it. We got Comic Cast. Uh, just like we hate every book, the, I, every book I like, Eli hates, they hate and like everything that we hate. So yeah. definitely listen to them. <laughs> uh, we also got Hoodoo TV. Oh, Eli, we got to listen to get back. Everybody, listen to podcast, go listen to Get Valued. They actually made a really good episode because they had that guy, Dinesh something. The guy that bought oh, Valiant yeah, like a couple yeah, years ago. Right. Yeah, they got him for the show, for this episode. So I need to check that out. Go support yeah. uh, Get Valiant. Oh, uh, what else we have? Hulu TV. We have Talking Vols. We have that wrestling show. I can't remember the name of it. Y'all need to change it to that wrestling show. It's wrestling better. Wrestling Council? Yeah. Yeah, the Council of Wrestlers or something. I like that wrestling show better. Look, Boogie, change it to that wrestling show. I'm telling you, it's going to blow up overnight. I won't even charge you more than 5% per episode. For that. With an explanation point at the end. Exactly. <laughs> not show. another wrestling show. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Workshop it. Get back to me. Uh, next week, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to uh, two more episodes to Watchmen. Hopefully, Doomsday Clock can come out next week. I want to save Doomsday Clock. We. We're going to do a big blowout. We're going to do the Watchmen movie, TV show, the comic, 
and yeah, you watch the Watchmen movie again. I'm gonna watch it again. I'm, I'm gonna. Uh, I got DCEU. Uh, I mean, I got the DC. Out, it's the so theatrical well. version. If you're gonna do it, you got to do it. You got to do more than the theatrical version. You got to do that. The ultimate <gasps> Snyder cut with the Black Raider and shit. Yeah, all that shit. Yeah, that's the version you gotta watch. The bodies on the through the. Oh wow! I just made a dude. I just made another fucking. I just thought of something. You know how Ozymandias is launching bodies off the catapult and shit? Yeah. He's using dead bodies. Um, wasn't wasn't that dude in the Black Freighter? He was like, he made a raft out of dead bodies? He did. Damn. Okay. Because yeah, I... We can get to it. I'm pretty sure that's how all this shit together some kind of way. So, uh, did I just figure out an Easter egg? <laughs> Maybe, or maybe they maybe they don't even know what the hell they're doing. Or maybe they're just like, oh, shit, yeah. Oh, yeah, that shit did work. Yeah, yep, yep, we thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so, yeah, until then, this is Leroy. This is Eli. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Same bully time, same bully channel. Paper cup. I hope every soda you drank already shaken up. 
I hope your dreams dry like raisins in a baking sun. I hope your titties all saggy in your early 20s. I hope it's always snow in your driveway. I hope you never get off Fridays and you work at a Friday that's always busy on Fridays. I hope you win the lottery and lose your ticket. I hope it's Ben and Socrates poop all up in your kitchen. I hope the zipper on your jacket gets stuck and your headphones short and your charger don't work and you spill shit on your shirt. I hope your tears don't hurt. And I can smile in your face Cause my loss is how Delilah changed my locks to a fade I hope you happy, I hope you happy I hope you ruin this shit for a reason I hope you happy